We're north of Carlisle, not far from the Scottish borders, in a remote part of Cumbria, surrounded by green fields and sheep, and we're hoping for a very special experience because we're heading to Stone's Barn, which is home to Maddie Pryor and her daughter, Rose Ellen Kemp, and they run these singing weekends here to pass on the folk tradition. And we're especially lucky this time because one of the guest tutors on the course is none other than the great Martin Carthy, and we're hoping to eavesdrop on one of his sessions. So what more could you ask for? Maddie Pryor, who sung with Steel Eye Span since 1970, that's for 52 years. We're going to see her daughter, who is a brilliant singing coach, and the great Martin Carthy in full flow. What a bumper edition of Folk on Foot this is going to be. Maddie and Rose Allen, it's wonderful to see you and, and thank you for welcoming us here at Stone's Barn. Very welcome to be here. It's been fantastically sunny until today. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit of a drizzle going on, but, but we're out but here is, in the yard. It, it is known for rain. Yeah. So tell us about what you've got here. How many buildings have you got? Well, there's the house and, and I live in it. We have a little cottage over there and this is the barn that we, we do our courses in. I can hear some singing going on in there. So yeah, what sort of things happen on these, on these singing weekends? Well, um, we, we do a lot of singing, uh, usually, and I've sent them the task of listening to traditional singers and songs and then making them their own. So I've, I've asked them to try and sing like the originals, which is really, really hard, and, and then do their own uh, adaptation of it. Well, yeah. you've got a guest star today, we have. haven't you, in Martin Carthy? In Martin, yes, You and absolutely. him go back a bit. We you? do. We go back a very long way. Do you and remember when you first met him? Well, it'd be, it'd be the mid-60s. But the mid '60s, when we first we first were aware of him, but we became quite good friends quite early on. When Tim and I were travelling, we'd stay at his house quite a lot. So, so you've asked him to come and do a bit of yes. tutoring here. Yes. Yeah, so we're sort of sharing the, our our view of traditional music and traditional singers, and where we got some of our songs and what we've done with them and how how we've changed them. Particularly in my case, <laughs> changed them quite a lot, <laughs> and put backbeat and a, and a, and a, a full band. Onto, onto songs that are, 
a cappella and quite delicate, but not when we've done them, you know. <laughs> we, we, but that, the thing is, the songs are really strong and you can do anything with them. They still work, you know, that's, that's the power of a traditional song. It's not, they're very robust as songs to sing. They are really, ro- the good ones. Rosalind, do you teach singing technique as well? Do you help people to improve their vocal abilities? Well, uh, yeah, absolutely. So so to reach their vocal abilities, I suppose, yeah. So the anatomy and physiology of the voice is very important to me as a singer and it helps me enormously. Um, And so I'm trying to pass that on. That the voice isn't just something you're born with and you wake up with every day. It's actually something that's very mechanical and you have to work very hard at it, but also how tied to the emotions it is whether we like it or not that's the kind of thing that really interests me and to see the difference between a singer at the beginning of the weekend and at the end of the weekend is really just um worth living for it's incredibly gratifying and um and people start bands they start choirs they start all sorts of things and they sing traditional music when they leave here and that's that's kind of yeah. why we do it as well. And it's yeah. a great setting here, isn't it? Because it is. you're really miles away from, from yeah. civilization <laughs> yeah. in, in a really bucolic and beautiful part of the world. Yes, it uh, is. It's, it's, it is remote here. And, and it's, uh, that's, uh, I'd say it's inconvenient sometimes, but, uh, but I do like the remoteness of this and, and also the strength of community around about. You know, I know most of the farmers and I know most, mm. and they know me, you know, and they sort of, you know. <laughs> How long have you been here, Maddie? Um, well, nearly 40 years. Right. And what brought you to this spot in the first place? Uh, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> well, your ex-husband. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we wanted to move out of North London, out of uh, Crouch End. Uh, things you do. Bit of a contrast. Yeah, well, <laughs> because we travelled so much, you just kind of take whatever's there, you just do deal with it. And I was surprised that, because I'd known people in, in uh, move into Cornwall, where it had been, t- nobody kind of like got to know them at all. Whereas up here, we got, we're very friendly with our neighbour up the, the road, and he introduced us to everybody, and we all went down the local pub, and it was fantastic. The first five years we were here was like being on another planet. It was absolutely brilliant. They thought we were odd because we were musicians. Well, they still think we're odd. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, they, yeah and they yeah. might be right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Rose could... was born here, of course. Yeah. Rose, yeah. So yeah, you've been I here all your life. Yeah. Yeah, and so what's it like in the winter? It's cold. Well, <laughs> actually, it's it's not as bad as it was. It's warmer no, than it used to be. We had wonderful snowdrifts in the olden days. Yeah, though, we did. Um, we did. We got snowed in like and stuff. Anymore. 
but it's never enough snow to snow in now. No. You know, it's kind of quite rare to get any snow. And if you do get any snow, it's gone by the time you get to Bolton Fell. It's, uh, so it's very different. In and do you think ways. it's changed you living here? Do you think you've, you've become a different character because of the landscape that you live in and the area that you live in? Oh, well, one of the things I, I've realised how powerful nature is. You know, when you live in a town, which I had done ent- entirely up until I came here, you don't realise how powerful it is, how, how in the spring it erupts out of the ground and things grow really quickly. And I was kind of quite taken aback by that because I really didn't know. The snow is a-lying upon Bewcastle Fells And the wind strips the skin from my face The bare bones of a tree give some shelter to me Our bit is a drafty old place Oh yes, it's a very old place and you must be more connected to the seasons here than you ever would have oh, been yeah. in Crouch End. Yeah, well, absolutely. <laughs> and also, you know what time of year it is by the darkness, because we, ha- we have real dark skies here. When the sun goes down, it is really dark, And whereas in town it's never really dark. And so what, what is the climax of a, a singing weekend here? What happens at the end? Well, we usually have the Saturday night is our uh, candlelit dinner, and, uh, and everybody... It's not absolutely essential, but generally people sing their songs on Saturday night. We, just, we actually sing pretty much every night, but Saturday night is the big night. And, uh, and it's just try and make sure that everybody actually has a go. Do you think if we go inside, we could eavesdrop on the next session? Well, I, I think it's going now. OK, let's go in. <laughs> this song actually represents a moment in my life. I was, um, I was what, 17, 18 years old. 17, I think. Um, and I didn't know who Sam Lada was, and I, I went along for the for the evening, and I was completely blown away. It was just a, a revelation to me. I'd never heard English traditional sign. I thought I knew some of the songs that he announced, but they were always entirely different, <laughs> wildly different. This is 1958, and... Um, the kind of stuff you heard on uh, on the radio was you know, some nice stuff played, but the, the people's songs were stuff like "How much is that doggy in the window?" and, and, and uh, "I'm a pink toothbrush, you're a blue toothbrush. Will you marry me one day?" You know. And this 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 eighty year old man came up with this tune, and I'm just thinking, what kind of a bloody tune is that? You know. Never, never heard anything, anything like it, and he just it, he, he never, never left my thoughts. You know, and that was the reason when I decided, this, I want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I want to find out about that because it was, uh, it was the start of a, a huge adventure which still goes on. I mean, it's, it's that, that's the nature of this beast. You keep fight this, but the more you find out, the more there is to find out, isn't it? And it's so. <laughs> Eternally interesting and fascinating. <laughs> As we were gone sailing, five cold frosty nights, five cold frosty 
nights and for days Therefore we did spy a lofty torchship She come bearing down on us toys Oh, where are you going, you lofty torchship? What makes you to venture so nigh? For I am turned Robin all on the salt sea to maintain my two brothers and I. Then heave up your courses and let go of your main sheets and bring yourself under my and I will take from you your rich merchant's goods, merchant's goods, and I'll point your bow comes to mercy. Oh, I'll not heave up my courses, nor let go of my main sheets, nor bring myself under your lead, nor you won't take from me my rich merchant's goods, merchant's goods, nor you point my bow guns to mercy. Then broadside and broadside these vessels they went they were fighting for hours or more till Henry Martin gave to her a broadside and she sank and she never Sad news I have to tell you, sad news is come down. Sad news, it is going around. Of a lofty tall ship, and she's cast away. And the most of her merry men. Maddie, there's a wonderful vista here, and we're standing outside a church. Where have you brought us to? This is this is Bewcastle. This is uh, the church, Bewcastle Church. 
Used to be the pub just over there, which would make sense. Um, but it's now gone, as so many of the pubs around here have, because it's very remote here. And uh, this is the least populated area of the least populated county in England. Right. And there's a lot of sheep. Yes, And sheep. there's a lot of green undulating hills here, which Absolutely. are quite beautiful, Absolutely. aren't they? And is this a historic church? Yes. Well, the main thing about it is that it's got a, um, a, a, a cross. When they say a cross, it hasn't actually got a cross on it. There's various um, reports and things. Uh, it, it's, they call it the cross, and they are in debate as to whether it ever had a cross on it. And certainly, it's been gone for a long time. But so it, it looks is. Like the top's been locked off. It does. It? Yeah. But, but they're not sure that it actually did have a, 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 a cross on it now. Let's get in through this gate. But it would have been painted, it would have been colourful. And but it's, it, it's the 6th century. It's a the 6th century. century. Yeah. Very early. So, so half of it is Celtic and half of it is Anglo-Saxon. It's kind of between the two. I think it's to do with um, Cuthbert, because this is Cuthbert's church. And his body was carried. And I think this is one of the stopping points. It's very special. This side is kind of like, it's got runes on it and, the, and people. And, and the other sides, the opposite, these, these sides are all patterns. Celt Celtic knots and things, a sort of sun a sort of sundials on the other side, I think. But then, and this is the tree of life. Wow. Up there. Yeah, it's quite big, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and it's never moved from here. It has been here right through the centuries. That's an extraordinary It's extraordinary, isn't it? Look at, isn't it? Every so often they, they murmur about moving it, and we all go, no, it's been there. That's where it should be. Yeah. So that's. that's Do you think we could go inside the church? Yeah, well, yeah, it's always open. Yeah. In 1992, it says over this uh, archway, but obviously there must have been a church. Well, this, this is an old Roman fort, uh, and an old, uh, uh, what's the name, fort before that, a, a hill fort. So this is St Cuthbert's Church in Bucastle. It is, and the, the lovely windows were engineered by my friend. I think she was the secretary of the PCC, and yeah. they are lovely, I have to say. Beautiful, Beautiful. stained glass windows, yeah. which is a, presumably an image of St Cuthbert above it, that it's, it's, They're all off the, the um, cross. Oh, right. They're all images off the cross. Right. Mm. It's a very plain church, isn't it? It and is. Very, you know, white, uh, whitewashed walls yeah. and, and uh, plain wooden pews. And I think it's always been fairly, um, not Puritan, but fairly basic round here. And it was reputed there was a cross up on that high bar and apparently one of the rectors got up there with a saw and sawed it off. A bit too fancy for him. A bit too fancy. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> I was an oak tree, it took a thousand years to grow, and I've seen kingdoms come and go, I've seen the losers turn to lords and back again, I held the rebels when they hung them from my limbs, when men of fortune cast their futures on the sea. That's when they came for me. And I was a slave ship under the standard of the cross. A hallelujah holocaust. And half were dead before we reached the other shore. And the captain never saw the coming storm that swept around the cape and took us by surprise and only eight survived 
and I was a campfire, a pile of driftwood in the sand, the only comfort in this land. Eight hungry sailors roasted acorns that they found, and left me burning as they stumbled toward the sound of a church bell ringing out above the ocean's wind. And I was born again, and I am an oak tree out along the wild Cape Fear. And there is talk of freedom here. Where is the kingdom that was here before I came? Where have the people gone who only left their names? A revolution's just a circle after all. And every kingdom falls. And I am an old if it takes a thousand years to grow, I'll see kingdoms come and go. That was absolutely wonderful, wonderful. Right. Tell us a bit about the song. Ah, this, it was written by Jonathan Bird, an American. And it's, it's, it's sort of like a... Um, an immigration song, really, isn't it? Yeah. In, a, in a kind of weird way. Yeah, and it's, I just loved it when I heard it, and so we've just sing it, and Rose, was, Rose Ellen's joined me on it, which was lovely. Which was fantastic. When did you first start singing with your mum, Rose Ellen? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, when I was born. <laughs> Before I was In the born. womb, I should think. Yeah. I mean, because you, you must have been singing a lot when you were pregnant, weren't yeah. you? Still touring. So in, in, in the, you were touring on the road yes. when you were expecting her. Yes. So you started as a little girl. What are your first memories of singing with your mum? It, it was just all the time. There was always I dragged me- her out a lot. <laughs> Did you take her on tour with you? Yeah, yeah, you came on tour a few, few times, didn't you? Yeah, hello, there's the birds in. Swallows. <laughs> no, it was interesting, we were with Martin... Carthy earlier on because right. we talked to Eliza of course about being on tour with him right, and, uh, right. and going up on the stage and all that kind of thing yeah. did you have any of those experiences well, you, you I'm not a performer I am a teacher um, and if anyone had said one good word about teaching I would have known that much sooner um, <laughs> but I, I started teaching here at Stones Barn 15 years ago and have never looked back and I, I tried to you know carrying on touring but the, the joy just isn't the same. The pleasure yeah. isn't the same. The, the sense of achievement and learning and really being with people isn't the same when you're just a, when you're a performer and everybody else in front of you is passive. I'm much more a sing-together kind of person. You like to engage with people. Yeah. And Rose, Rose is a brilliant uh, voice coach and teacher. She's mm. really good at it. <laughs> yeah. Vocal technique's my thing. So. Yeah. But there's something wonderful about listening to those blood harmonies, you know, to lis- listening yeah. to relatives singing together has a different spirit, doesn't it? Does, it? it does, it uh, does. And you, you always see it with other people, so I assume it's with us, although we'd, I'm just not aware of it particularly. But it, I think it's to do with practice. I, yeah. I've heard some wonderful um, harmony groups that have just practised a lot. Um, and experience things together, and, and in a way, that's that's the same as family. 
Yeah. I think June and I, uh, June Tabor and I kind mm. of like fell together because we got the same background of music uh, in, within the folk world and we phrased the same, strangely enough, being very different singers. When we came together, we knew exactly what the other one was As kind of As the Silly Sisters. As the yes. Silly Sisters, yeah. yeah. And, and that was a great melding of two yeah. voices, yeah. wasn't it? Yes, and it was. Did you have any arguments about the repertoire or did you just immediately fall into a set of songs that you both... No, we, we, it was quite difficult to find a repertoire that we, we both worked Well, it wasn't so hard in the first album. second album was more difficult because we'd gone in very disparate directions at that time. But it still worked. It was, it was interesting to come together and do something different. Mm. Have you got another song for us that you might do now? We could do... Um, should we do Blessed Quietness? Would you sure. do that? Yeah, oh, we could do you. that. Joys are flowing like a river Since the Comforter has come He abides with us forever Makes the trusting heart his home Blessed quietness Holy quietness What assurance is because it seems so appropriate you know, well, holy quietness perfect. and also the rain falling from heaven which is <laughs> which doing is a bit so outside perfect. isn't it yes. <laughs> and it's, what, uh, it's what, interesting that the folk uh, the english folk world took on american spiritual songs um, particularly sacred heart i'm not sure where that's from but it's in that sort of area and uh, for some reason you know the uh, um, all that uh, 
Sacred Heart material and Southern Harmony uh, was, was just part of our repertoire. So, so that's come into it. It's so great to hear your voice sounding so beautiful. And I, I wonder if it's changed over the years. I wonder if you felt that it's matured and like a, a red wine or something like that is, you know, is coming to its yes, own at yeah, different times. Yeah, it's got times. some gravel in the bottom. <laughs> has, it, <laughs> yes. has, it, has it changed? Yes, it's come down. Um, I don't sing up in those areas I used to. Um, and I, and I, why would I want to, really? At 20, you sing one way. Uh, you have one voice. And... Uh, and at, at 70 odd, you have a different voice, hopefully. Mm. You know, it's sing with the voice you have today, I think, is the, is the rhyme that makes sense of what we do with our voices. Because they change from day to day as well. Uh, it's not every day isn't the same, it changes. Well, how did you start singing? I mean, did you start as a child? Was it, were you in a musical family? No, no, not a musical family at all. Uh, but I did go to the, um, the matinee, Saturday matinee, the cinema. But before it, they would have a competition. You could do anything, but mainly people sang. And I used to sing, I'm a bow-legged chicken, I'm a knock-kneed hen, uh, uh, the Tennessee <laughs> wig walk, as it was. How does that go? Uh, I'm a bow-legged chicken, I'm a knock-kneed hen, never been so happy since I don't know when. Walk with a wiggle and a wiggle with a walk, doing the Tennessee wig walk. <laughs> and there's more to it, but I won't go. That's fantastic. Uh, but, but I used to sing that and, and with the actions, and I used to win, so uh, that was... Is that when you got the performing bug? Well, it was when I knew I could sing. And I think we have a lot of people that come who say, who've been told they can't sing. Quite often when they were nine, and we're years and years later, but that stays with you. But I was told I could sing, so I sang. And, and what about folk music? When did that first swim into your consciousness? Well, I was driving an American couple around, Sandy and Jeannie Darlington, and they said, you've got to stop singing that American stuff. You are totally rubbish at it because they were Americans, and they could hear that an English person singing American is not very convincing. So they gave me a load of tapes, because they were American and very organised, and they had all these tapes, and they played, and I just had to sit with these cassettes. Of what? Of, of, of old, old English singers. That, all that stuff that we've got. Right, there. so we were talking about Sam Lana earlier yeah, on, the working-class singers, but he yeah. was a seaman, uh, and uh, Harry Cox. Yes, yeah. um, a lot of travellers, Mary Doran, I, I really liked. Um, uh, Phoebe Smith, was, you know, there were various ones that I, that I was attracted to. And why do you think it made an impact on you, uh, you know, that particular kind of music? Why do you think it went well, deep I, into because, your psyche? Because I sat with it for a long time <laughs> so that I got it. And I think that that's the thing with music. If you want to learn about it, you have to sort of swamp yourself in it. And then you start to understand the vocabulary. I mean, I don't know anything about jazz. But if I was on a desert island and all I had was jazz for a month, I would get it. Yeah. Because that's how music works. You kind of have to learn to find that music that you love. And so what about your first steps into performing folk music? Were you in the folk clubs? Yes, yes. I went round the folk clubs with a banjo. And I did, uh, did a week in a wimpy bar. It's the only other work I've ever done. And, uh, <laughs> you I mean did... as a waiter? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah in, in 64, something like that. 1964. And... Um, that and I, I got ten pounds. That isn't the case for young musicians. No. no. We have not done one service job. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple. Multiple. <laughs> well, that's right. I got away with it. Everybody that I say that to now, they will go, what? One week? Is that all you've ever done? Proper work. And then I did a, a week in a wimpy bar for ten quid and a gig on my own with a banjo for eight quid. And I thought, well, I'll do this for a bit. 
and that was a nice decision. Pays, pays better. Yeah, it pays better. <laughs> and did you start meeting other performers, like, you know, Martin Carthy and people like that? Did you come into contact with yeah. them at well, that stage? Yeah, well, once Tim and I were travelling together, because I did Tim, a year on my own. Tim Hart. This Tim Hart and yeah. I. Once we joined together, we, we, we just went around folk clubs all the time. That's what we did. And went up to Cecil Sharp House and got songs from there and all that sort of thing. And I had these tapes from uh, Sandy and Jeannie. And so you and Tim were in at the start of Steel Eye Span yes. together, weren't you? Yes. It was two couples. Yeah, and a referee. <laughs> and a referee. That was, was that Ashley Hutchins? Yes. <laughs> so, so who were the other couple? Um, Gay and Terry Woods. And uh, Yes, and they just came to... They were at dinner at our house one night, and they said, do you want to join a band? So we said, yeah. Well, we, we said we'd have a rehearsal the next day, and then we said, yes, that seems to work. And then we spent three months in the country, which probably wasn't a good idea. <laughs> so you went work. into the country to rehearse, did yes, you? Yes, you know, that's what you did then. Well, you did you to... just take a house somewhere? Yeah, well, a friend of ours had a house in Wiltshire and we, we went and stayed in, uh, yeah, what was the name? Winterbourne Stoke, down in, uh, off the A30 or 303, or one of those. And was it a, a musical marriage made in heaven? Uh, no, no <laughs> turned, out, turned out not. Uh, but we, I mean, we made the album and, and we, we sort of got on reasonably well, but obviously not well enough. So then you split up <laughs> yes. after the first album. Yes. Um, and then Martin came in. So Martin Carthy yeah. joined in, right. And, and did that make a big difference what, to, the, to the sound? Yeah, well, it made a difference to the sound because there was, there was only one female voice where it had been two in the first album. Um, and yes, it was, it was sort of different. And then, and, then, uh, and then Mark, we did two albums with Martin and Peter had joined by then. And then Peter Knight. Yeah, Peter Knight. And then, we, we, then it changed completely and Bob Johnson and Rick Kemp came in and then it became a much rockier kind of idea altogether. Did you have any... Well, I mean, there, there were those purists who thought the idea of electric instruments with folk music was terrible. I remember in the 70s being in a folk band in Sheffield with a, a fiddle player and a guitar, acoustic guitarist right. and an electric bass player. And the electric bass player didn't get allowed into some folk clubs because well, he was yeah. not playing a proper purist yeah. instrument like the well, acoustic like, guitar. Like an acoustic guitar. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, the, the, the logic of it all. It's is, mad, isn't it? You know. But were there, were, were there, was there any doubt in anybody's mind when you started to get more... Electric yeah, about well, doing it that I, way. I, I think that probably was, but we probably wouldn't hear much of it because we kind of were starting to move in a different a different world in the same effect. Because we didn't play, still I couldn't play folk clubs, so so we we were playing in different places. So our contact with the the folk world kind of slightly thinned. Tim and I would go around the folk clubs, but but mostly it was, I mean, most people actually quite enjoyed it. I mean the. The strange thing was that the, the loudest thing on stage with, when Martin was in the band was Martin's guitar. And we had dual showman amps and 400 watts of WMPA. I mean, I'm surprised they even knew I was singing. But, <laughs> you know, but it was, it, take your head off. The, sound, the, 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 the frequencies must have been appalling. I don't but know why we're talking about this in the past tense, because Still I Span still is goes, still yeah, going, it is, isn't it? it is. And, 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 uh, uh, um, 
really brilliant at the moment as well because everybody and better than ever better than ever because yeah. everybody actually wants to be there which is <laughs> that wasn't always which the case it was not it? always the case no, I no. think of it, it, it almost like a sort of slightly dysfunctional family yeah, is well, that it the is. way you thought yeah. about it you know, which is pretty various much people fell in and out the uncles fell out yeah. with cousins and yeah you know. it's that sort of thing I mean I used to say and also people quite often came back again left Martin was in twice I used to say it's like a bus people get on and off you know and, so, uh, some people would go off in a huff and then decide they weren't that yeah. upset after all and they'd come back and have another yeah. go. Well, we, we, we finished the band in the, in, towards the end of the 70s and you realise that what you do in one band, you never do anywhere else and I don't care what the band is, it's never the same. And it, in a funny sort of way, it doesn't matter who's in the band either, but the band itself has a sort of way of working and you only do what you can do in that band, in that band. When you do solo stuff, you do something completely different. You know, every, every solo performer that's come out of a band has always thought, right, I'll have a much better band. But it's different. It's different. And, and is it about the material? You know, is there a core of material that is always going to partly, be Steel Ice Band? Partly, partly. But it's also just an attitude, just a way of being and doing stuff. And everybody that comes in kind of picks that up. Maddie, we come outside again now, what, what, and we're in the graveyard just in front of the Bewcastle Cross. What, what are you going to sing for us? Well, I'll, I'll sing a, a piece that uh, I wrote with, with Rick, my ex-husband, as it were, Rick Kemp. We wrote it when we'd been here a couple of years, which is like about 35 years ago now. So some of the references are kind of out of date now, talking about not wanting silage, because everybody does silage now, but there was no big bales back then. Uh, so this is... Uh, it's about, it's about just, in fact, my friend who, lives over, who lived over in the Domain farm, uh, it was very largely written for them and, and other far farmers like them, as it were. So it's a song very much of this place. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. The snow is a-lying upon Bewcastle Fells and the wind strips the skin from my face. The bare bones of a tree give some shelter to me. Our bit is a drafty old place. Oh yes, it's a drafty old place. The land's like a bog with rain upon rain. Wet upon wet upon wet Nine months of winter and three months bad weather And never a dry day yet No, never a drying day yet There's always the beasts waiting for a feed and it's just the same with the men With the kids home today And the hens are off lay And I'll never get all this work done No, I'll never get all my work done But the snow is a-lying upon Bewcastle Fells and the wind is chasing the sun. The forestry shroud of a lowering cloud 
tells that there's more rain to come. There's always some more rain to come. But the snowdrops are gone, there'll be primroses soon, and lambing time's well on its way. Lord bless us and hear no silage this year. Give us a hot month for making the hay. Make it hot for the making of hay. But the snow is lying upon Bewcastle Fells, and the wind strips the skin from my face. The bare bones of a tree give some shelter to me. Our bit is a drafty old place. Oh yes, it's a very old place. Amazing to hear you sing that <laughs> with with swifts yes. circling above you yes, and then the darting swallows. into the it's swallows here. Uh, going into the, the, the eaves of the house opposite yeah, and yeah. right in front of the ancient Bewcastle Cross yes. and, and with the rain just <laughs> dripping down on us as you sang it. Yes, <laughs> wrong time of year, but it, it, it does the job. <laughs> Maddie, it's been amazing to talk to you and to hear your songs and to see this extraordinary place. Thank you so much for Thank joining you. us on Folk on Foot. No problem. Maddie Pryor and Rose Ellen Kemp at Stones Barn in Cumbria. Well, if you love what we do, we'd be delighted if you became a patron of Folk on Foot. It's a great way to delve deeper into our world. If you become a hero, you'll pay £10 a month and you'll get access to our extraordinary archive of songs filmed on our travels across the UK. So all you would have to do is go to patreon.com slash folkonfoot and sign up there and every penny you give will go back into making more episodes of Folk on Foot. So you get more if you give more. We really hope you will be able to support us and we really hope that you will spread the word and tell everybody how much you enjoy Folk on Foot. <laughs> <laughs>